Hi. Hi. <laughs> Long time no see. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we have to do the booga 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 again. Correctly. <laughs> okay. Three. Booga 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 booga. All right. So. Oh my God. What do you say? This episode. I know. I'm. <laughs> we'll make it through. And every time we do this, it's like, oh, do we have to talk about this? Oh. <laughs> Some of them are so good. A lot of the episodes are so good, and I love you know talking what? about this. But this one, I'm like, this is... I'm telling you, the last borderline two... torture. The last two <laughs> have been... I've been really, like, trying to muster up the gusto and the gumption and the gall. I've been trying to, like, yes. muster up some kind of, like, kind of... um enthusiasm right but it was just this episode i'm seriously i'm getting okay i'm getting it very mixed up because i also watched the following episode the good episode <laughs> yeah season three episode four is fantastic we love that episode this is bone season three episode three death in the saddle Yes. Welcome to Squintcast. I, mean, I forgot to welcome everybody. Yeah, I mean, you already know who we are. I'm Kelly. <laughs> I'm Brittany. And Brittany and I have already been talking for like an hour about <laughs> all kinds of shit that's going on and none of you need to know about because it's a secret. It's a secret. <laughs> One day we'll have a Patreon where people can pay to listen to our secrets. Okay. Our secrets. <laughs> but I'm telling you, we're going to tell some secrets today because I'm going to ask some hard copy questions about certain uh, predilections that you might have, <laughs> my friends. Um, oh, God. Oh, look, the uh, signal is so bad. I don't know if oh, we no. record this episode. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. Oh, she you believed hear me? you. <laughs> I believed you. I believed you. She's going to get all... Uh, Brittany's gonna you know what you might be surprised I might be the prude in this scenario no way I'm such a prude this is gonna be great (laughs) I can't wait I can't wait okay this is gonna be despite the quality of this episode and also despite you know certain guest stars showing up and trying to lighten or brighten our day um we're going to do our best and we're probably going to enjoy some of the, we'll enjoy talking about this stuff. I think we will we'll have a couple a things to say <laughs> during the opening of this particular, just this, I noticed this one thing. And anyway, <laughs> you have to, you have to tell me. Well, I got to remember. I don't know if I want to bring up a, a king of the lab right away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but Tell me who's your king of the lab. Tell me now. I can't tell you now. (laughs) No spoilers for you today. Okay. um, I'm going to reveal it at the end. Okay. 
why don't you start us off? Let's get this party started, and then we'll like really get this party started. Okay. Okay. okay perfect. Oh, oh god. Oh god. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> know what I mean? Know what I mean? Let's go. Okay. We start out in Virginia, in the woods, and it looks like a nice little camp setting. There's some Boy Scouts who are setting up camp, and one kid apparently has to pee a lot, so he's gone missing, but. No one's really that surprised, although the camp counselor is kind of pissed off about it and telling off his buddy, like, where's your friend? Which way did he go? Well, very quickly, we find out exactly where he is because he starts screaming his face off. Yes. Kid? <laughs> the, the kid that the scout leader talks to here. That's so much attitude. so over it. He is... <laughs> Like, I don't care about this guy. He pees all the time. He's got to go to the bathroom constantly. I'm not following him around. Like, he just is, he does not want to be bothered by this, the scout leader at all. I mean, I would be the same if I had, if it was buddied up with some kid who always like had to pee every 10 minutes, I'd be like, no, I love this kid. You. I love this kid so much. He made me <laughs> laugh so hard. Well, he did care enough about this kid that started screaming. So yeah. him and the leader, this camp counselor, they did both start running toward this wooded area. And there's more screaming that occurs, including some screaming at home, viewed by Brittany, um, <laughs> when they <laughs> uncover this maggot-covered corpse. It is so disgusting. Oh, wow. I know, right? In the woods. And, like, that kid needs therapy. Both of those kids need therapy. This camp counselor <laughs> needs therapy. He's definitely not doing this camp anymore. He's over it. So much trauma. Brittany needs therapy. <laughs> I need therapy. I can barely <laughs> handle it. I'm pretty sure I was eating the first time I was watching this episode. Oh, it was gross. I agree. It was so gross. Like, it was, it turned my stomach as well. I was just like, oh, it's really, like, even I can think, yeah. I'm thinking about it right now. I can picture it. It's it's kind of turning my stomach too. Yeah, but that means that the effects are really good. So they were honestly big budget season three coming in yep. hot. So yep. we don't dilly dally. The police are called in. FBI is called in. Cam and Booth end up there with Brennan, and they start examining this body. Do you want to tell me about Cam and Booth and Brennan? Kelly. Yeah, so we've transitioned into nighttime. We're at this scene where they found the body. Cam and Booth having a look at the body. They're having a little discussion about things. Cam's mentioning where she sees an entry wound. Booth's like, how could you see an entry room? Like, there's all these maggots. It's so gross. So Brennan gets gross. there. He doesn't understand why she's there because the body is covered in meat and flesh. And Booth points out that there's a weird cream or something on the nose and the lips, yeah. lip area. And Cam's got her, like, blue-gloved hand, and she, like, wipes it off the nose. Oh, it appears to be an emollient of some kind. Anyway, Brennan's there. She can smell the barf that the kid barfed up earlier. <laughs> and she's, like, oh, complaining. I know. She's complaining so hard about why she's there. And Cam finally admits uh, that she's the one who called Brennan in to help out. And this is after... Brennan's like questioning, like, why am I here? Are you are you trying to put Booth and us to Booth and I together to work together because you know we're we weren't getting along before. I just want you to know everything's resolved, everything's fine. Cam's yeah. like, no, no, I did it. I did it. And then um 
both Booth and Cam tell her the reason she's there is because the victim's feet are missing. So right after that, is that, yeah, I guess that's it, right? They just have these weird exchanges. It's just a weird exchange. It is weird. That Cam, when she said, oh, yeah, the feet are missing, did she, is she trying to deflect, like, not admit that she's trying to make Brennan work with him? It seems like she totally is. Maybe that happened. But also, it's a bit ridiculous that they called her in and hadn't actually looked for the feet. There was a very clear blood trail to exactly where the feet are. And like they both bend down, they're like, "Oh!" Here's and the, the way they do it, oh, the way they're the doing it, exactly. <laughs> but that's mean the whole interaction where Cam goes, uh, "No, I didn't do that to bring you together. It's because uh, he's missing his feet." Oh, look, his feet are missing. That's why. And then Booth goes, <laughs> "Oh, look, there's a trail of blood." Like he, the way they acted was very conspiratorial. You know what yes. I mean? Well, even so. To push our us forward to the next scene. Even yes. into the next scene, we have the next scene starts with just Cam and Brennan together, and then other people enter. Yeah. But in the very beginning, they're they're looking at this body together, Cam and Brennan. And Brennan is Cam calls her out and says, yeah. like, are you like competing with me? Or, like competing between are you doing some sort of competition between like flesh and bone? Because she's making comments. Cam saying, "Oh, this about the body," and Brennan's like, "Oh, yes, and and yeah, based on the bones, yes, yeah, yeah, I see the same thing. It's it's just like a very weird interaction." Um, Hodgins comes in, kind of breaks the ice a little bit, mm-hmm. and announces to everyone that Angela is going to be hypnotized. So anyway, that's a weird B plot that we're oh. going to experience. Huh. <laughs> So that's fine. Anyway, and then Booth comes in. And I just wanna, yes, before this all, because I want to say that Cam, when she calls Brendan out, like saying, "Are you competing with me?" Yeah, I like, I love Cam in this episode. I feel like she takes it in stride. Like she's just very direct and plain spoken and the yes. way she deals with all these weird personalities. I feel like she deals with everybody differently with her own individual personalities like it's interesting it really interacts with everyone differently especially with zach it's like especially you really notice it with how she interacts with zach i think Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. obviously hodgins is not working (laughs) so he comes in and announces this they discover because brennan mentions that beer and bow which is the name that they have for this tall dark and handsome man that yes. angela married actually yes. means little flute which in brazilian which makes hodgins very happy not related to the case but it's just like a very hilarious moment and a nice contrast to when he found out that this guy was tall dark and handsome because he was like holy shit he's huge and i am a little man yeah exactly <laughs> But I just so, think it's funny. There's a couple of things that happen. Can I ask yes. you where this where this examination of the remains has taken place? I think it's in Cam's okay. office. But when Hodgins comes in, does he swipe a card? Oh, I didn't notice. Does he? I noticed him swipe a card to go in. I thought, no, do people need to swipe cards to get into Cam's autopsy room now? 
I would think so, especially. I with... mean, it makes sense, but I just I've yeah. never seen that We've before in the it, show. Though. First yeah. of all, second, while they were talking about him, <clears throat> her getting hypnosis so that she can get divorced and Mary Hodgins, I was yeah. like, "Don't do it, Angela! Don't do it!" <laughs> and then Brennan says that Birumbau means little flute, like you said in Brazilian. I'm like, does that mean Brazilian, like Portuguese, or? True, because Brazilian is not a language. <laughs> is it like native Brazilian? I don't know. Like, is it anyway? True. Everybody thinks it's really funny because obviously, little flute refers. They all start thinking about dicks, basically. Cam and Booth, yes. and that's where um, everyone's Hodgins everyone's goes head to. Went. They go to Dick Land, and of course, Brennan is completely clueless. Yes. Well, okay, and also. I know we're talking about dicks because of beer and bow, but Hodgins did come to this room with information. He was not completely useless. I'm so sorry, Hodgins, for implying this earlier. He has come to tell the audience and his staff about the first weird piece of information we're going to get in this episode, which is that the shiny stuff found on the victim's nose and mouth that Kelly had pointed out earlier is yeah. actually for horses. It is meant for horses, not for humans. It's actually recommended not to be used on human skin. Yeah. Um, turns out when Cam removes the stomach, she finds out that this person has eaten a horse's diet, raw oats and dried molasses. Yes. And so then they make comments about Mr. Ed, which I don't understand. Perhaps I'm, too young for this that was my question in my notes does Brittany know who mr ed is i wrote in my notes i was like i gotta talk to kelly oh my god anyway oh god a horse is a horse of course horse is a horse of course of course yes um mr ed was a talking horse on television from the 60s here we go you're not going to be able to see this probably i'll look it up at the same time how did they get his him to move his mouth like that they probably put peanut butter in it or something they did something oh like put something in his mouth to make it move. And it's like a talking horse. And it's just a comedy show that was on in the late 50s, early 60s. There were 143 episodes of the show. Like people fucking love the show. I'm serious. Oh like, my God. America is a crazy place. <laughs> oh, boy. It's okay. So place. is our is our dude a horse? Does he pretend to be a horse because he's got like evidence of a bit? He's got horse food in his stomach. He's got horse cream on his face. I don't know, Brittany. Let's find out after our intro. Bum 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 bum
Okay. I'm going to talk about... I have to say, this is so crazy to me, this next scene, because Boop is interviewing Mr. Ed's wife, whose real name is Ed Milner, by the way. And we open with her looking at the file with his dead face on it. So he's asking her to identify her husband with this dead face picture. With the one that was making us, like, want to vomit. <laughs> well, it's after they cleaned out the maggots and everything. Well, still. But I'm like, who does that? Also, is Angela not working? What happens at the facial? Couldn't she draw a picture? No, Angela is not working in this episode at all. We all at know all. this. Like her, I, I was going to. She is well, being the, hypnotized. It will come up later. <laughs> it will come up later. But this woman is looking at the file with all of the medical examination results and his red face. I don't, I don't. I guess, did they think that she did it? So they're like, look at well, what you did. Obviously, but it was just like, I guess maybe he did that for a reaction, but Jesus Christ. Also, her reaction, I don't know. She doesn't seem all that upset that he's dead. She's like a little upset. Like, I don't know, but the interview is going like, okay. Apparently uh, he was at some sort of convention, whatever. Yeah. She's like, oh, that's weird that they found his body there. And uh, <laughs> then Booth is like, oh, did he ever go to the racetrack, rodeos? <laughs> did he ever own a horse? <laughs> like asking all these horse related questions. And she's like, she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I don't even know if he's ever seen a horse. Like, <laughs> why are you asking these questions? <laughs> also, I'm going to say this. Her hair is terrible. Oh, yeah. And the costume designer basically has her wearing the same outfit as the senator's wife in Woman in the Garden in season one. Like, they are wearing the same kind of white collared shirt, v-neck sweater, bad hair. It's the same look as that senator's wife. Do you remember that one with the... Mm -hmm. uh, Oh, I remember that episode distinctly. Okay. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) The senator, all of them wore the same outfit. They all had the v-neck sweater with the collared shirt and the khaki. Anyway, she looks exactly like that woman. I didn't even clue into that, which is funny. Maybe this is a good time to discuss this. Okay. But this episode was actually directed by Craig Ross Jr., who we've seen before. Oh, my God. Yes. Not the same guy. But so he only did four episodes. This is his second last. In season two, he directed our favorite episode, Aliens in a Spaceship. And my second favorite episode, The Bodies in the Book. So. He is, like, this is a very good director (laughs) directing a ridiculous episode. Oh, this is not his fault. I think he did what he could, honestly. And he did a good job. Like, we're talking, it it was a fun episode. It was weird. That's the only thing that really is to comment. Yeah, she looks exact. Yeah. Her hair is so bad. She does. Her hat. Yeah. Do you think it's a wig? I don't know. It's really bad. It could be. I don't know. I think I feel bad if she went into the makeup trailer that day and they cut her hair like that. I'd be upset. 
<laughs> I, didn't, I came out of no there like shade. Just cut a mole. No shade just, on the woman. I like the actress. She's no, great. The actress but did I, a good job. they did her Honestly, dirty. All the actors did good. Dressing her like that and doing her hair like that. Anyway, so what are we talking about? Okay, so she has no information to give. Booth is like, right. okay, well, once I know more, I'll let you know. And then he just basically leaves her bawling her eyes out. So now yes. we're back in Brennan's office. And Booth is Booth and Brennan are having kind of a weird interaction. I don't know, in my yes. opinion. Yes. Brennan's trying to joke around. She found a joke on a website about horses. Where so she he walks in and he's and she's like, Hey is for horses. Yeah, because he goes, hey. He says, hey, she goes, Hey, <laughs> hey is for horses. It's like, oh my god. And then she keeps going. Where do horses stay in a hotel? Where do they stay in a hotel? Oh, Where, Kelly? Uh, the bridal suite. Oh, good one. I know, but this is funny because she's like, it, during this silliness, uh, she tells Booth that it's very, it's customary to bury the horse's hooves away from the body. I didn't know yeah. that. Like, it's a racehorse thing. And then yeah. she's like, how, how did you know the, the, the punchline to that joke, the bridal suite joke? And he goes, oh, I have a five-year-old son. And I was like, sit burn, Booth. Sit I know, burn. right? Like, your jokes are at the level of my five-year-old son. I know. He's Good like, job. Uh, simmer down there, girl. I, the transitions between these scenes are very odd. Like, they're kind of, it's kind of jumpy. That's fine. We end up in the okay. autopsy room with Cam and Angela. Yes. Do you want to talk about this scene? Well, this, I want I, you to start, but I funniest. have something to say. Okay. Well, Angela walks in and is basically like, doesn't really care to talk to Cam. Just wants to know where Brennan is. Because she's hoping that Brennan needs her so that she can basically pass the time until she's hypnotized. Which Angela is horrified that when she realizes that Hodgins is told everyone in the lab that this is going to be going down mm-hmm. but because she kind of because she opens up about it we find out anyway angela of course worked for a magician at one point who cares about that no. um but it's another it made-up out- job she had in the past yes. she's barely 30 years old there's no way this girl has no. you know married a guy in fiji worked for a magician in where the hell vegas what the in- no not vegas no not vegas where was it I have somewhere very it's in weird. the script here somewhere. It's at a, in a little gypsy carnival in Brazil. She was in Brazil for a period of time, apparently. What's up this Brazil stuff? Anyway, go. So anyway, so there was like a weird thing where basically she was saying that the, the point of that is her saying this magician was pretty incredible, but when he hypnotized people, it was always a scam. And Cam is like, okay, no, hypnosis is not a scam. There's actual scientific proof that it actually works. Also, when I was in Vegas, I was once hypnotized. And I was hypnotized if someone said coffee. It, when they said coffee, then I would balk like a chicken. Yes. <laughs> and then he had no mem- she had no memory of it when she when she came back too. Yeah. And so this is basically just a way for Angela to pass the time. She basically passes through Cam's office. Mm. talking about hypnosis and then when angela turns to leave she's like coffee and then cam box like a chicken yeah she does (laughs) 
I she's love being that. funny. Listen, yeah. I'm going to say this. The whole point of this is that Cam gives Angela a pep talk. Yes. Angela's nervous about this whole hypnosis thing. She doesn't think it's real. Apparently it's, I think hypnosis is pretty cool if you're able to like. Clear sus- your mind maybe. Yeah. Well, no, if you're able to be like susceptible to it, I think it's very yeah. effective. I'm actually, I can, I think I go down pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's people on TikTok that do hypnosis. So I pick yeah. ones like there's one particular dude that does this like he's this Asian guy with this amazing voice and he he makes you like go down, down, down. And he helps you with like blockages, fears, all those things. So like I try to like if I remember to do it like every day or two, like just to do it. I had a friend who did hypnosis too. It's pretty cool if you just let really? yourself you gotta let yourself go. Yeah. It's not necessarily about clearing your mind. It's just about like listening to okay. the voice and just letting go of like whatever fear or hang up or whatever you've got going on. And, you know, if you trust the person, obviously. Yeah. But I was just thinking she basically came is there to encourage Angela. It's OK to do this. Yeah. Like You've done crazier shit like, you know, working for this magician, mirroring this guy in Fiji. Like you've done yeah. crazier shit than going under hypnosis. Like it's not a big deal. Yeah. And so Angela, (laughs) yeah, Angela just needs to chill out. And I wrote down here that Cam is mother. Cam is mother. She is like giving. Cam does great in this episode. She's serving. She does great with Brennan, great with Angela. Mm -hmm. I feel like, I just want to say, I don't think I could be hypnotized because I don't think I could relax for long enough. (laughs) My My mind is always going on mile a minute. Like, you would start giggling or something. I would probably, yeah, I'd be like, this is stupid. Be Molly would be so like, if it actually did work, I'd be like, this is incredible. But I would just be like, meh. <laughs> well, it's about being self-conscious, right? That's what yeah. the main problem is, is fear and self-consciousness and all that stuff. So like, if you, you have to let go of all that in order yeah. to, to let yourself like, you know, why are you doing the hypnosis in the first place? Those kinds yeah. of things, right? So that kind of makes sense. A Vegas act. Not really worth it, but if somebody's somebody's gonna help me like get over fear and be successful and make more money, then sure, let's do it. Why not? Why not? And also, why wouldn't you try that? (laughs) What's the downside? There's no downside, exactly. Um, okay, let's find out why this guy was eating horse food. (laughs) So we end up at a bed and breakfast. That somehow they have traced something to this bed and credit card. They credit, yes, yes, they traced his credit card. So they know that the victim was at this particular bed and breakfast within a period of time before he died. So he walks, Booth and Brendan walk in and they're talking with this guy whose name is Lucky. And this guy's trying to be very discreet and anyway long story short we find out that there's like this sexy pony convention going on (laughs) and turns out that our victim mr ed yes who was found dead only two miles from this bed and breakfast in the woods Mm. um was a pony which means he was a person yes who acted as a pony and he had a master, master, that's not the right word. He had a a rider. Master, we're running with it. Pardon? Yeah. A rider. A rider. Thank you. That's much better. 
a rider who would basically, while he was in this persona, mm. would treat him like a horse and ride mm. him. Yes. And pet him and Groovy. do who knows what with. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So <laughs> I need everyone to understand that the character of Lucky is played by none other than Michael Kudlitz. Do you know who Michael Kudlitz is, Brittany? I recognize the I recognize the actor, but I I didn't look up and I didn't pinpoint where he's from. What is he? Michael been? Kudlitz. Well, you would know him from. Do you ever watch Walking Dead? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so he played Abraham. Yes, guy with the beard, and he was like yeah. an army guy. Thank I you. was introduced to Michael Kudlitz through. Well, he's been around a long time. He's done a lot of work. Yeah, but I was introduced to him being in a show called. Um, oh my God, I just, oh, Southland. It was called Southland where he played a police officer in Los Angeles who was a gay guy and it's five seasons. Southland is one of, it, nobody talks about it, but it's a very good show. It like sounds, it's a, it sounds familiar though. Did it come out it was before on, Walking Dead? Oh yes, definitely. A hundred percent. Regina King is in it for God's sake, like or, or, you know, Academy Award. I've heard of it for lady. sure. Southland is phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal, and and he plays a character named John Cooper, his police officer. It's absolutely amazing. He's it's a great actor. Show. Very intense. There's one scene I still remember to this day. I watched it years ago, Brittany. There's a scene in Southland. I think it's season three. Don't quote me. Okay, but it's a foot chase. A foot chase through the streets of a of a residential neighborhood in sort of a a lower income, you know, urban neighborhood in L.A. and it's a okay. foot chase and it's so intense. It's like five minutes long, and it looks like it's shot. It it isn't shot this way, but it looks like it's shot in one go. Like it's just one shot, and. It's so intense and so well done and like the choreography and the coordinate. Anyway, if you if you know what I'm talking about, it's it's an intense scene that I still remember. Like it was so good. I had to stop was, the show and I was like, okay, that was intense. I had need a minute. There was an episode of um a show called 192 that Merck and I watched. Yeah. That there was it what you just said reminded me of it. It was yeah. the most moving, one of the most moving pieces of television I've ever seen. It was shot all in one take. Yeah. And it was shot all in one take of a school shooting from yeah. the perspective of the police officers yeah. going in to... So intense, like, eh? It was unbelievable. And the yeah. way that they filmed it, like, it was just, like, it was yeah. mind-blowing. Merck and I kept re-watching it over and over. We're yeah, like, yeah, This yeah. is unbelievable, the way that they filmed yeah. it. Yeah. Similar to that, but not a school shooting. It's like a nighttime foot chase where they have to go through backyards and over fences yeah. and through alleyways and stuff. And they're chasing like armed people. And it's like, it's, it's so very cool. <laughs> intense and yeah. so well done. I was like, wow. Anyway, what? Michael Goodlitz is amazing. And he looks like a baby here. Oh my God, he looks what so What are we going to say? He, I was just wondering what he's up to these days because he... Oh god! As far as I know, Walking Dead is done. Well, they have all these um, offshoots now, right? It looks like he's in a lot of movies. 
Oh yeah, he gets lots of roles. He's like he's a working actor for sure. He was Lex Luthor most recently in Superman and Lois, which is pretty cool. Oh, that's a TV show. Yeah. Um, what was he? Was in something filmed here? I think it was um Clarice. It was based as like a prequel to Hannibal Lecter. What's that called? Silence of the Lambs. That would terrify me. (laughs) On yeah, you would hate that. It's based on Clarice, the woman who played the FBI agent, and he plays okay either her handler or her boss or something like that. And I know that was filmed here. What? But well, he's in all kinds of shit. Anyway, the, I apologize yeah, for that uh, little. No, that's awesome. Thing. I, love, I that. love Michael Kudlitz, but he's really funny, very quiet, uh, soft-spoken in this episode, very yeah. gentle, and I love him. Also, he was in Buffy. I'm just oh, saying. I didn't know that. Me? I was just about to look that up because I was yeah. sure that he was in a show with David. I just well because I was looking at the pictures of him and it showed yeah. him as it showed it it showed up. That he was in wow. Buffy. Wow. Amazing. Another I Buffy uh, I love connection. It. So I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. He was only in one episode, but he was a, a character named Bob. I think I remember that episode, actually. I did see that one. Well, obviously, these people made big impressions on David Brianis. Uh, he must have had some pull, but I don't okay, know. We're, we're avoiding it. We I just got to move to the next scene. Okay, we see go. lots of naked bums. Yay! Yay! <laughs> There's tons of assless chaps. There yes. is like what I would describe as kind of like a BDSM kind of environment. Mm-hmm. Like that's how people are dressed in like kind of like leather mm-hmm. gear, except they're horses. That's the main distinction. Um, and the riders though are dressed normally. They're not dressed in these weird outfits. It's just well, the horses. they're wearing riding boots and jodhpurs, and they're wearing yeah. um, the velvet helmets. My mom my mom was an equestrian, so I used to wear her helmet all the time. We had the black velvet helmet that they used to wear when they ride equestrian. That's so cool. I didn't know that about you. Oh. Huh. I learned something new every day. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So the riders, like you said, they're dressed like equestrians. Mm-hmm. But the ponies are not dressed up like they're not dressed up like Mr. Ed. They're dressed up like Mr. Ed's. I don't know what I where I was going with that, but they're not wearing they're not dressed like a pony at Halloween. They're dressed like some BDSM pony thing. OK, yes, I so, understand. Yes. Yes. So basically, we find out that the last person who, okay, well, I'm skipping ahead, but they walk in, Booth and Brennan, and Booth is trying to be kind of like discreet. Brennan is having none of it. They're having a discussion about fetishism and how this is totally normal. And Brennan believes that this is something that's totally normal. Booth thinks that this is something that's like way out there. Surprise, Again, surprise surprise not surprising surprise. <laughs> booth is a repressed catholic who thinks everybody's a freak who has a fetish he's yes. terrified of anything that's outside of like his idea of normal quote-unquote normal yeah. set and he was bullying brennan and trying to like think like he doesn't she's not having any of it 
He's very judgmental. She's very like undiplomatic about how she's making people at this fantasy retreat talk to them. Right. So she's kind of a bully of a different kind. Mm hmm. Like, he's trying to bully her into, like, thinking, like, oh, these people are crazy. And then she's more just, like, um, saying that it's normal, but then also forcing people to be open about it. when And making anyway. fun of them. Like, bit. she kind of makes fun a little bit. But a little bit. It's weird. But she, it's interesting. The mm-hmm. Lucky, the proprietor of this organization. Yeah. Um, He points out, like, that these are... First of all, you need to take a chill pill because we got to like figure out how we're going to talk to these people, ask permission, whatever, because we have like we have three lawyers, half a dozen doctors. These are professionals that are here. These aren't just some people who are like, I want to be a pony. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) So anyway, Brennan just completely ignores Lucky and is like, excuse me, I'd like to speak to Mr. Ed's groom. (laughs) <laughs> um, whoever wrote him last uh just raise your hand yeah and then booth is like great awesome okay yeah fbi hi um this is not how we wanted to do this but we meet someone named annie oakley well that's her persona and we will call her annie oakley for the rest of this episode her name is um, crazy like her character name is Marie like Anna Aust- Anne marie osterenbach or Anne something marie. like that yeah and her character name is Annie Oakley. And yeah. so they leave the table where everybody was having dinner together to go talk. She talks to Booth and Brennan outside. So they go for a little walk. Here's, here's, I do, this is where I want to talk to you about this stuff. I think this is where I'm going to insert this here because. Okay. She's straight in. She's dressed in skin tight jodhpur. She's got the riding boots. She's got the hat. She's got a vest and a sleeveless shirt, low cut, everything. She's got her cleavage, everything showing fine. Everything's skin tight. My question is, I just wonder about this stuff. And I'm not in this world. I'm not in this culture. I don't 100% grasp it, obviously. But I mean, like her name is, her character name is Annie Oakley. Yeah. And I think if you're going to role play as Annie Oakley, why wouldn't you dress like Annie Oakley? Yeah. You're going to all this trouble, right? Yeah. Annie Oakley used to, I don't know, she wore skirts and pants and all that stuff, but she was like a cowboy. She was like a female cowboy. But instead she just just dresses as like a regular rider. But the way that she dresses is sort of a little bit more provocative than your typical rider, I think. Yeah, it is. So I don't know. Part of me is just like, all right. So my question is, and this is where I like, I'm going to ask you, you don't have to say whatever, but what do you think about all this stuff? I think it's a little out there. (laughs) Yes. I think to each their own, like I don't judge. No. People want to do that. It's not for me, but if you want to do that, absolutely go for it. But I think that the way this episode was framed they wanted us to think like we kind of they're forcing us to think about what we would how we would deal with the situation because brennan and booth are dealing with dealing with how their perception of this pony situation so differently i think this is like there's bdsm and then this is like on another level like this fetishism i think this is like like to be a pony that's insane in my opinion 
The fetish part, I mean, okay, this is where I always, this is where our, our discussion earlier about capitalism and billionaires and rich people and stuff. I just think it's funny. It's always like they depict like men, usually rich, powerful men who put themselves in these positions where they want to be dominated because they're left to be dominant in their lives all the time. So this is like another part of them that they yeah. can explore, which is fine. We'll get into it a little bit when the when yes. we talk about the wife, especially. But I don't know. I don't really feel any, like, do what you want. But I also think, like, don't you have other things to do? Like, there's other things. To yes. Also... Okay, that's where that's where I we go. I'm just like, about it can more you volunteer somewhere? Wife, like you said, but I have things to say. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. this is a good jumping off point. I'm just curious, like fetish, sure, fetish or not, you, like whatever sure, exactly, whatever you, works for you. Yes, consenting yes, adults. Exactly. We're blah, on blah, the same. Blah. Fine. The specific it's horse. It's thing? too much. <laughs> I can see I it cannot. being kind of hot, though, I guess, in a way, like just like whipping and massage oil and like grooming. Okay. And it, it those things, maybe. But, but eating horse food? No, that's where we draw the line. I wouldn't no, be a horse. Your partner. I wouldn't like be the horse, girl. <laughs> eating horse food. Are you like, damn, <laughs> you are turning me on so much right now. This is so great. They're like, oh, so funny. Oops. <laughs> I will be like, I'll be back, but I need to leave. <laughs> like, I could not. No. Not right. for me. But anyway, teach their own. If you're into horseplay, All people right. out there. On that note. You do you. <laughs> have a good time. Have a good time. Yeah. Have a good time. <laughs> Okay, what do we got? We got, uh, what's her face? Annie Oakley basically saying that she was, she really liked the guy. They did have sex. She really loved him. Um, and then basically what happened was the night that he, before he was missing or whatever, his wife showed up and caught them in the act of her like grooming she, him uh, doing stuff in that the stalls. him down. And that's when she caught us. Yes. I know. Well, there you go. All during while she's explaining this to Booth and Brendan, Booth is making all kinds of snide remarks. And I appreciate that she stood her ground and said, listen, I don't have a I'm talking to you willingly. I don't have a lawyer present. I'm being very open with you and talking to you about this. So you could show me some respect. And I really I do like that about her saying, like, you know what? I get it. You're a weirdo Catholic boy who's scared of this yeah. stuff, but, you know, have some respect. Other people well, have other so, lifestyles, you know? Like she said, she's talking to them willingly. She's giving them information. She's not giving them a hard time or whatever. Yeah. Like, show show her some respect while yeah. she's showing you respect. It's a bit ridiculous, but it turns out that after this occurrence happened, the next morning... At breakfast, he was gone. And she just assumed that he had gone back to his wife, didn't report anything missing, didn't report him missing or report anything odd had happened because, I mean, if you're caught acting like a horse, then maybe you went back to your wife who definitely wanted you back. 
I don't know. We'll talk about that in a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, and then the funny thing was, Booth's, after they have this conversation, Booth says to her yeah. to not tell anyone that uh, Ed Milner is dead. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry, but you already told Lucky. How are you going to keep well, this? Well, also, they announced the whole room. I just find it. Who rode Ed Milner? Like, yeah, like, obviously, it's an investigation yeah. about him. So they're going to talk about it. Like, I don't know how you, like, is he expecting them to talk about it? Or is he just saying it to her to keep it under uh, on DL? Maybe. You know what I mean? Like, it's weird to ask somebody, yeah. like, oh, by the way, don't tell anybody. It's like, are you like, kidding me? I'm right calling now. my lawyer. Yeah. Which is now. I'm curious if she de- did that. We'll find out. <laughs> Booth and Brennan, yeah, they end up having a conversation when they're back in the car. That's not all that surprising. It's just a continuation of what yep. they've already been talking about. Brennan trying to explain how yeah. this fetish is just another fetish. It's really not that weird. And with Booth being like, it is weird. Stop trying to downplay this. It's definitely weird. And a little mic drop at the end of this scene. He says, maybe if Ed lived like a man, he wouldn't have died like a horse. And that is all, Brennan. <laughs> I mean. I can't. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about it. And yes. I think we're going to talk about a lot of things at the end here. But I'm just saying, like. I hope we, we remember all For the sure. things we say we're going to talk about. Because I'm just like. I don't like this, like, Booth is so yeah repressed about this stuff. Like, he's not even remotely open-minded, and she's being very, like, obviously... And I'm with Brennan, yes. There's tons of history of relationships between horses and humans. It's been around yeah. for centuries and centuries and centuries. You know what I mean? He's just being... He's being a little bit obtuse. <laughs> and I think, like, he's an yeah. FBI agent. Like, he's seen some things. He's seen know. some things. Like, this seems to me, like, very uh, tame compared True. to cannibals and, this is just you know, like all these a other things thing. going Not on. Not something these, dangerous. And, you know, like, Howard Epps, Howard Epps killing, yes. like, seven to nine people. Like, come on, Do you man. think part like, of this is, this is that nothing. Brennan has no problem talking about sex generally? And so she's just talking about this like a normal conversation. But he generally doesn't like to talk about sex. And this is kind of putting him outside of his comfort zone. But that's because he's, yeah, of course it's outside of his comfort zone. He's repressed. He's like every Catholic boy I've ever met in my life. Like they're so scared of talking about this stuff. It's like very North American too, though, too, right? Where sex is like, oh my God, but you can shoot somebody in the head. No problem. Like with our entertainment and stuff like violence is fine, but sex isn't. If you go to Europe and watch TV over there, if you watch British television or whatever, you're going to see. That reminds me when when I was in England, my friend and I, we went on like a five day mini Euro trip. Insane. I know. I've heard. I was just listening to oh, our episode. Oh, perfect. Good timing. So yeah. So we did this. That. It was yeah. insane. Um, the one night. What was the episode? What was the show called? We were watching this show. I can't yeah. remember what it was called. Yeah. And like, they had to. Someone had to come in and be like, "Oh, I like this person based on like their dick." Then they would only show their dick, like all these people's dicks. 
And then, oh, I like this person based on their like chest and then only show their chest. But my friend and I were so yeah. flabbergasted that this yeah. was a show on television. We're like, we just saw like five penises. Like, why is this happening right now? <laughs> and it wasn't like in a sexy way. It was just like a, this it's a- is it. <laughs> this is what you get. It's very Americans or North Americans are quite Puritan. It's a, it's a yeah. Puritan kind of society. You right? don't get, so you're you not don't gonna, get a show like that. This is what he's <laughs> representing to me. Right. And he's also like kind of acting like a toxic yeah. man. For sure. At this point, I feel okay. personally. Well, if Mrs. Okay. Milner happened upon Annie Oakley and Mr. Ed, it looks like uh, we have a lying situation because she had said, oh, he's never even been near a horse. I don't know. He was at a convention in Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, mm-hmm. she was completely shocked by this uh, by this fetish. She maintained that they had a good sex life. There was no there were no indications that he wasn't satisfied outside of their normal sex life Mm. and so it came as a complete shock to her that Mm. not only was she was he cheating on her but he was cheating on her in a way that was like very Mm. fed like with this horse fetish this pony fetish so basically yes she she calls calls him a pervert and says yes i saw him that night and i I, and i left without him i had Mm. wanted nothing to do with him and I called my divorce and I called a divorce attorney immediately who told me all communication should stop. And mm-hmm. so basically I didn't know. I didn't think anything further. I wasn't worried that I would need an alibi or whatever. No, I didn't kill him. I swear. The way that she ended up getting there is very interesting because obviously she's not just going to happen upon the stable. She got a call from a guy with a very distinct voice, yeah. maybe Australian or British, um, saying that she should go find them, that his wife was, that his, uh, her husband was cheating on her and that you could find where he, the person that he's cheating on with and him at this location, you got to go ASAP, but didn't mention any of the pony stuff. So I can imagine that would be pretty shocking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It would be shocking, but I just shitty yeah. people don't talk to each other. For him right? to be, like, he's obviously so for him weird. to need to go and have that. Like this is a major fetish, so for him to have this major fetish and her not to know anything about it says to me that maybe their sex life wasn't mm-hmm. that good, and maybe she didn't know her husband that well. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Like, how good is your sex life really if if he's not able to talk to you about this stuff it's just it's pretty indicative i think like i remember i read this story once there's this wonderful publication it's british called granta this is gonna (laughs) sound really filthy i might not include it anyway this woman was having marital issues with her husband like they were married for a long time and then they kind of stopped having sex for like a lot like years like it was like seven years they just didn't have sex anymore and she didn't know what was going on and they just kind of stopped talking about it. It was just like they kind of just, it's kind of slipped through the cracks and went by the wayside. And then one day she was like trying to, looking through a closet or something. And then she found 
in the back of the closet, like a whole bunch of like hand towels, like cherry cloth hand towels that were obviously used to wipe no. off certain things. They were, Aww. it was like, they were all hard. They were hard yeah. from being, wiping up Excrements. his, uh, you know, <laughs> his jizz excretions. So it was like, so she, like the mystery of her missing hand towels was like solved because Ugh. it was like the closet was full of them. So basically she discovered these hand towels yeah. that were like used for who yeah. knows how long they were there, right? And she divorced him. She was like, fuck what? it. I'm not doing this anymore. Like, she just divorced him because she was just like, this is, she just, she made the decision that day after discovering this yeah. pile of cum towels. I was like, fuck, this is fucking, why am I here? What am I doing here? Because like, it was so, like, like, shocking. I, I thought it was an interesting well, it was just, it's not even like it was shocking. It was yeah. just like, this is weird, right? Well, like, also, it's, like, we haven't had sex for so long. You haven't touched me. You haven't gone near me. There's all these cum towels in this fucking closet. You're hiding cum towels in a closet <laughs> for years. And it's just like piles and piles and piles of these towels. It's like, I hate coming so to buy gross. towels. It's so weird. It's like a weird disconnect. Yeah. You know, it's not a fetish no. or anything. It's just like a weird disconnect, like psychological disconnect. And I feel like, you know, maybe at that point it's too, yeah. it's too far gone. It's too far gone. Yeah. At that point far it's like, okay. You know, maybe that's, that's where maybe. Mr. Ed was, you know, they were too far apart, you know, and then there's another, no, I'm talking about this a lot, but sex is an interesting subject because I, I find it fascinating where people get their ideas surrounding it sometimes. Anyway, another person I read about was, um, they were both 50 years old, they've been married a long time, and he came to his wife and said, listen, you know, he's interested in like non-binary, like he wanted to wear okay. women's clothes. Like he was at this point where he was feeling very yeah. drawn to wearing women's clothing. And she supported him 1,000%. She, like, supported him in wanting to do that. And they went to an event together that was very, like, LGBTQAI plus supportive and stuff. So he was, like, the first time he was able to go in public wearing a little bit yeah. of women's feminine clothing. Yeah. Lace, earrings, things like that. And yeah. I just thought that was so sweet. I thought it was really nice. And you would hope yeah. that you would be well, that open-minded, right? I think that if like, your partner your partner is going to come with come to you with that sort of revelation, there were probably if you know your partner well and you have some level of good communication, it would not be a surprise <laughs> that they want to do something different with their life, basically. Or I have actually a, a, right, a lady I follow right. on Instagram who I followed for years and years and years. She just had a baby about a year ago. And then people were in all of yeah. the, every time she posted about her kid, she was constantly people at all the comments were like, where's your husband? Where's your husband? What's going on with your husband? Why is he not in any pictures anymore? And it turned out. So she came basically had to get their permission, obviously. And when when her husband was comfortable yeah. then they came out that her husband had transitioned so they had, like after the birth of their baby they realized wow. i don't want to live this lie anymore 
I want to, I want to be an example Mm -hmm. for my child that I'm going to live my authentic life. Right. And I thought that was really special. Also insane that people were commenting so much on her post being like, where's your husband? Where's your husband? It's like, she's posting a picture of her cute kid. Leave her alone. (laughs) Wow. That's no, that's, Oh yeah. That takes a lot of courage. So I do too. Yeah. I admire it. Anyway, yeah, we're getting way off topic. Let's move on we to, have this to keep horse, about this horse pony, pony play thingy. here. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Anyway, Brennan doesn't think the wife yeah. did it. I don't think. Well, Booth doesn't either. Neither, neither of them think that she did it because this yeah. lady has no tie to horses whatsoever, and this whole feed, like cutting the feed off thing, is supposed to be ritualistic. Yeah, that's above. That's crazy. Plus, when Brennan's in Booth's office, she picks up a baseball bat he has in there randomly, and she starts playing with it. And he's like, he goes, "Put down." He basically is treating her like a child this entire episode. (laughs) It's so random, like this. Oh, I'm gonna play with this, and he's like, "What about like you? Don't touch my stuff." stuff. Also, this lady definitely didn't did didn't didn't did it. That's great. Didn't do it. I'm gonna go to bed now. <laughs> I didn't do it. And uh also um you can't leave yet. Yeah, maybe we gotta figure out who this mystery caller was because clearly if the wife didn't yeah. do it, why was this guy baiting his wife to come and find her husband that way? Obviously there's there's a motive for murder there. Mm-hmm. So Right, so they have to go back to the the retreat. But before the bread and breakfast, so they get on the elevator and yes. before they go there, though, don't we talk to Zach and Hodgins? Oh yeah, no, yes. they get on the elevator and and then yeah, of course. But before that, <laughs> Brennan says, "Let's giddy up, let's go, let's go." And Bruce's like, "Stop doing that." Anyway, back yeah, the we're back at we the actually lab. don't back really get lab. much out of this, so it was unnecessary to talk about it. But Zach and Hodgins are in an exam yeah. room. And they're trying to figure out what the murder weapon was. So they're trying to figure out how they're going to figure that out, basically. Yeah. Um, and they're deciding that they're going to do an experiment on a melon. Maybe a cantaloupe because it's in season. Mm. And then that way they'll be able to test this. He, he's come up with a, an idea of what the shape of the murder weapon was. So they just have to test out like different pieces of equipment or whatever see if it matches basically just a little mini scene to show us yep we're still working back at the lab there's still yeah. missing pieces of information we don't know who killed this person and we also don't know what the word murder weapon was so that's fine no we don't so then we have uh booth and brenner back at the bread and breakfast they casually are walking around walking in on this convention of uh while the ponies and the riders are horsing around on the grounds and what's weird about this, I feel, is that the I feel like the innkeeper is not really our friend Lucky is not keeping like a lot of discretion. Like they're just letting Booth yeah. and Brennan walk around willy nilly. They need a warrant in this situation. Anyways, this is another catalyst. I know they keep walk going in there, but this is a catalyst for another discussion between Booth and Brennan about fetishes. And Booth is proving to be <laughs> more of a dick. 
about it. And Brennan seems very open to telling him that she actually has participated in role playing. But like, who hasn't? Like, come on. And then Booth is getting a little uncomfortable. And right then, Lucky shows up and he goes, any leads? And I just thought that was really (laughs) funny. Because leads are what you use to lead horses around. Anyway. (laughs) I did not catch on to that. uh, We find out that... Oh, I just thought it was a very ha-ha funny joke, guys. So Booth asks if anyone in the group has an accent. So immediately, Lucky slash Michael Kudlitz points out to a guy playing a horse. He calls him Thor. And we find out his real name is Calvin. Johnson. Calvin, Calvin what? Calvin Johnson? And he is with Annie Oakley. Annie Oakley is now his writer. Very interesting. Was he trying to get rid of Mr. Ed so that she could ride him? Da, 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 da. Anyway, so Booth and and Brennan walk over to Annie Oakley and Thor. And Thor does not break character at all. Like, he really, he really keeps this pony situation up. So he's, I guess he's, he follows the rules very intensely so it's not until annie oakley releases him to let him be calvin as opposed to thor that um he finally is able to start talking to booth and brennan the way that he the way that she releases him is by tapping him twice on the forehead (laughs) anyway um Mm. booth makes a comment about it annie oakley gives him a dirty look and calvin's like hey what's up (laughs) let's chat and so they end up walking around this bed and breakfast the grounds there and he's basically like okay well mm-hmm. um yeah i didn't call her so why don't you just go f off and they're like oh then mm-hmm. they they kind of bluff and say well yeah she recorded the call and uh then he's kind of like oh um you yeah, know i just called her to swap recipes or whatever anyway it turns out basically he was jealous of annie oakley really wanted or of ed really wanted annie oakley as his groom as his groom as they call it as his rider and so basically routed Mm -hmm. out Mm -hmm. mr ed to his wife and apparently ed would leave his cell phone out and he just called the number home that was under home on his cell phone (laughs) so booth gets very handsy with him sorry yes he says well no i just like ed said that or sorry calvin saying ed was an idiot and then right before it was right before brennan and booth approached calvin and annie oakley yeah or thor and annie oakley whatever where they have this sort of like situation where Brennan explains obvious shit to Booth about gender role playing and objectification. And then Booth keeps referring to yeah. his sex life as normal. Like he's like, I'm yeah. normal. I'm normal. I'm normal. And then when Calvin gives a lot of attitude to Booth and Brennan about how after Brennan lies about the fact yeah. that the wife recorded the call and she said, you know, I can charge you with, you know, doing this, that, and the other. And she's yeah. making up all these charges she's going to put on this guy. And the guy starts to walk away. He's being very flippant. 
And Booth grabs him yeah. by his uh, lead, his reins. And Calvin is very, I, I appreciate how everyone's yeah. putting Booth in his place today. It's interesting to me because then Calvin says, I'd watch it if I were you. I went to Stanford for law. I've worked under some very important and influential judges. And you should be very careful about how you handle this right now, Agent Booth. And so Booth had to let him go because it's right. Like Booth is just being like a basic bitch, like a toxic male who's being super judgmental and he's not, he's not being no friendly with these he's people. He's being so he's judgmental. Being it's one thing for us to, to giggle people. about it yeah. behind the scenes, but like, if this is my yeah. job, I'm taking it seriously. I'm treating you with respect. You know what I mean? Like he should be treating these people with more respect than he's yeah. giving them. Um, well, it's a very, yeah. it's, it's a delicate situation. And regardless, Calvin, he initially walked away because he's like, you know, Annie Oakley's yeah. great, but I'm not going to kill for her. Like, that's not yeah. my style or whatever. So I just liked how oh, he gave yeah. Booth the what for. To check oh, himself yeah, before definitely. he wrecks himself. You know so what I when mean? when he walks away, they're like, okay, yeah, obviously he has motive. He knows about horses. And Booth is like, Brennan, why yes. are you lying? Like, what is with the the charges and the voice <laughs> tape? And she's like, I was just role-playing. I was being all lard-ass and good cop. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. I thought hilarious. that was so funny. Hard-ass and bad cop is what, what she um, meant, obviously, which he, Booth, happily corrects her. But so funny. I just thought that was, there's a lot of very I cute, funny it. moments I in this show. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Here I'll we let go. you take back at the lab. I'll let you take back the scene the with uh, Hodgins and Angela. Back at the back lab. Back at the lab. Back at the lab. <laughs> Hodgins walks in. Hodgins walks into Angela's office with two melons. Yeah. Held up at his chest. And he's like, what you doing? And she goes, what you doing? Anyway, they proceed to have this conversation. Basically, Angela's Angela's feeling very insecure about yeah. and self-conscious about the fact that she feels like she's being judged for having married this guy and she can't remember his name. And Hodges does not help her like with her self-esteem because he basically she says she says, Oh, everybody thinks I'm crazy. And he says, Yeah, you are crazy. But it, I don't so. know. It it was a sweet moment between them, anyway, though, I thought. As much as we like to hate on them. I don't know. I don't know, man. I just, I don't like it when people say women are crazy. I don't like it. I think it's dismissive and like really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I, uh, it's, it's yeah. where you're reducing somebody to this place of like, oh, I she's crazy. I feel she's like crazy. I, I took she's it, crazy. but I, anyway, in, he, normally, yes, I would agree. But this time I feel like I, the way that he says it is more endearing than, dismissive trying to be like oh no, i know i know you are I know. crazy I know that's what not. i love about you like you, you do crazy things yeah yeah you want to marry this dude yeah yeah and i i appreciate yeah i know i know what you're saying i agree with you it is meant to be endearing but she's, she's just a mess right she's now. so tense yeah. and she's so worked up and he keeps telling her to relax and then eventually she's just like 
okay, and he just walks you, away. Bye. He's like, okay, I'm going to let you go. Be psycho. Yeah. Love you. Go relax. I'll see you later. And I like the way he dealt with yeah. it a little. Just I like the way he did that. Rather than forcing it down her throat to be like, it's fine. You'll be fine. Why don't you just take a chill pill? Yeah, basically. And he walks away with his melons and he goes yes. to meet up with Zach. Who is acting very odd. <laughs> so very basically, strange. Zach has determined that the weapon was blunt, an inch wide, and curved. So Hodgins has these cantaloupes and they are going to test a hoof knife because it's curved. It, it fits all the, the features that they're looking for. Also related to horses. Fantastic. So Zach mm-hmm. and yes. Hodgins usually do these experiments kind of in unison and they have them planned out and they do a whole thing. But this time Zach just starts stabbing the cantaloupe. And is and Hodgins is like, what the hell? I thought we were gonna do this together. Anyway, so it looks it looks like immediately, just looking at the marks on the cantaloupe, that they have in fact found the murder weapon. So it appears that the murder weapon is a hoof knife, which is insane. Crazy. Because I don't think they're that like they are quite blunt. Like they're not that sharp. So to stab someone with that so many times that they die. I don't know. I think they are because they have. It gets to, off like a callus. How basically. do I describe this? We had horses, so yeah, you have to cut it. It's like a yeah, a cuticle cutter. I I don't know that my mother ever had one of these hoof knives, but you know she. We always had blacksmiths come over to deal with, you know, shotting, doing the shoeing and everything, but um. Yeah, it seems okay. sharp on one okay. side, like a paring knife almost. But I think they like like they okay. cut away at the nail. Yeah, because that's what a hoof. It's like a big nail that you have to like cut. You oh, see I have for some reason my and, like, Instagram algorithm to put... includes this, yeah. and I'm not helping my algorithm because I keep watching them. I'm so fascinated. I'm like, oh my god, you keep watching that cow must have been in so much pain, or that horse must have been in so much pain, and look at how great Aww. it looks now. So I keep, oh, <laughs> yes, like animal man. I keep watching them, and then my algorithm is like, "Oh, she likes this," and I'm like, "Actually, yes, I do. Keep it coming. Very relaxing." Yes, I know my algorithm has changed a lot, but uh, what else is happening? Oh, you you talk about this next piece. These They're very scenes short are very too. strange to me. Um, this what's what's happening next? We have so Hodgins, Hodgins with Cam. Cam. What's he doing with her? Basically figuring out that the victim's hands were tied together with some baler's twine. So he, for some reason, Cam allows him to wrap her arms together, tie her hands together with this twine and shows her, okay, yeah, this is, this is what it's like. These are the properties of it, whatever. And Cam's like, okay, yeah, I agree. Seems, seems like we need to get a warrant or whatever figure out if they use this at the pony place and then we'll cross-reference it all good Hodgins is like great I'm on it and then just leaves her wrists are still bound yeah that even happened anyway it's a very short scene a little weird poor cam (laughs) and then we go on to this ridiculous scene where Angela is in her office 
sitting on the floor with candles lit, trying to meditate. This is where I asked, why didn't she just take a couple of days off? It's not like she's working on this case anymore. Like, who does that? I find it very strange. Anyway, regardless, Brennan interrupts her while she's trying to meditate to find out. We find out that Angela's hypnosis session did not go well, and she's going to go back later in the day to do it again. And she's trying to relax. She's trying to, like, bring her heart rate down so that she can, yeah, she's just trying to calm down so she can have a better session. The scene is stupid. No, I'm I'm with you. I'm sorry. There's no point. It's like these little scenes with, with the rope and the melons and the meditating. I'm like... Did they just, yeah. I feel like they were put in later. And Angela's like, so time or rude. It's very strange. To Brennan, who's just trying to help her. Also, she says that her pulse rate has to be below 60. Isn't a normal he- resting heart rate between 60 and 100? Like, to bring your pulse rate down to 60, you'd really have to focus, I think. That's low. My lowest heart rate. It's yeah, in the 50s like, at that's night. That's a really low resting heart rate. That's yeah, I'll, I can go down to like 60. if I'm laying down. <laughs> if, you know. I like to drop it. Like, it's after activity, right? So that's where you really measure it. So after you're doing physical yeah. activity, boom, I like to drop. So well, that's cool. I'm very conscious of that. But also, is this where she goes off on Brennan? She starts working herself yeah, up into is. a tizzy. Basically accusing her. Yeah. So she starts yeah. talking mostly to herself. Well, she's mostly yeah. rationalizing within her own mind and trying to think like, oh, what, Brennan, you think this about me? Oh, well, fine. You think that about me? Oh, fine. Like she's doing yes, that kind of thing where so. she's projecting a lot of her own personal yeah. like anxiety onto Brennan. And Brennan basically sits there like doesn't know what to do with all this information. And, yeah, it's uh, like, okay, I feel like least. I should apologize to you about something. I don't know what it is. I'm just going to leave you. Yes. Just yes. Chill, please. I, I don't, I don't feel so the either. scene was. We necessary. already knew that she was stressed out. She didn't necessary. need to be rude to Brennan on top yeah. of that. So basically, they end up back in the FBI building in the interrogation room where they're interrogating Lucky, and they have this bailing twine, and that's why they're bringing him in. And he has come without a lawyer. Um, because I don't. He he doesn't see himself needing a lawyer at this point. Um, we get some inf- interesting mm. information from this interaction, though. It turns out that he used to be married to Anne Marie Ostenbach, aka Annie Oakley. And so, yeah. and how how is this? How are that's we just the thing. I don't know why now. it took us so long to figure this out. That's so unfathomable to me. As if that wouldn't be anywhere. This poor guy is like, you know? they're like, well, we're gonna. Here's a warrant. We're gonna look for this hay baling twine. We're gonna look for this hoof knife. He's like, I have all these things. Like, I I actually ride horses. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is not unusual for me to have. And I it, like, why do you care about my ten dollar knife? What what is going on? And so. Mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. he tries to redirect and say okay you know what you know what you know what like i didn't do it 
but I have this guy who comes by and he's a butcher and he is was just advertising the other day about um, selling horse meat. Maybe you need to talk to him because maybe that's someone who would be someone that's for some reason would have murdered Ed Milner. Well, it's like this guy who used yeah. to be part of the pony party, pony club, and he, Michael Kudlitz slash Lucky, picked him up because he was advocating for everyone to eat yeah. horse meat and he was distributing flyers and Michael Kudlitz slash Lucky stole all the, took all the yeah. flyers from this guy, Tom, his name is, threw them in his truck. It turns out Tom broke into Michael Kudlitz's slash Lucky's truck and took the flyers back. And he thinks yeah, that because Tom he's saying, yeah, it was missing. Mess. As of the morning that that happened, the morning that Ed disappeared, and that's when I realized that my knife was mm. missing as well. Mm. And they're like, oh, so convenient. Yeah, plus I'm like... Why, why is he keeping I his hoof knife in the car? Okay. Well, there's that, and also this guy, the the horse meat advocate, is also he's a butcher. Did we mention that already? I don't know. He's a butcher who advocates horse meat consumption, and this doesn't it doesn't we'll seem talk about, it's like completely out of left sort field. Of a weird, it's like randomly, oh yeah, this butcher. <laughs> yeah, this is this whole this whole thing is it's very, very odd. Where it goes to, but, but that's okay. We're getting there. We're on scene mm-hmm. twenty one of twenty nine. Yes. So. Okay. Yes. Back at the lab. Where and are we? Back at the lab. Hodgins and Zach have figured out the exact same thing at the same time. Yeah. And so basically they realized that not only was this guy stabbed with the hoof knife, but the feet were actually also severed with the hoof knife. So they are not loving the fact that they both figured this out at the same time. They're kind of like agitated with each other, mainly Hodgins agitated with Zach. Um, because Hodgins was very excited that he had figured this out. And Zach is like, like, yeah, I figured it out. Fuck off. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> Hodgins storms out. We'll see what this means. We were going to, we're going to talk a little bit about this, about this hoof knife later on, but Brennan and Booth mm-hmm. end up at the butcher yes. shop where this guy, Tom works. And do you want to tell me about this interaction? It's very interesting. <laughs> Well, they walk into the shop talking about probably <laughs> sex again. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> the butcher shop is empty. Booth takes a number. Brennan starts ringing the bell to get the butcher's attention. Eventually, uh, while they're standing there waiting for the butcher to arrive, Brennan is trying to talk about becoming vegetarian. And I thought she already was kind of a vegetarian yeah. based on the whole pig situation. I think the actress is vegetarian. Season. But she's still considering mm-hmm. becoming a vegetarian because meat is gross. And then Booth says, well, you're around like all this disgusting stuff all day and you think meat is gross. And she's just like, yeah, it's a little bit, it's a totally yeah. different. And I was with Brennan on this. I was like, if I was around dead bodies all yeah, day, I would probably, probably be vegan. It's a different kind of meat, but it's still like, ugh. Anyway, <laughs> my favorite part is brendan notices a flyer for horse meat being advertised and it's described as sweet rich (laughs) lean and soft 
And that made me laugh so hard. Anyway, the butcher shows up. He's played by this great guy. I love this guy. I have to say, right, I'm going to say now and I'll mention later. I love this actor in this role. I think he's wonderful. And I also want to point out, and I'll let you have it. No one, none of the people that participate in this pony club are A, old, B, ugly, C, fat. They're all, like, look at this guy. Look at this guy. They're all, like, very attractive. And I'm just going to say, based on, like, general knowledge of pornography, this is not true. Like, especially if you see, like... This is not true. If you go to a sex club in Toronto, or I've never been, but if you go, you're not hot. (laughs) Not everyone is a professional hot actor. Not everybody's <laughs> a model, okay? Well, this guy gets spooked because they say, oh, FBI, whatever. This guy's like, oh, I gotta go. And just like starts running. So Booth follows him out the back. Brandon follows him out the front. Mm-hmm. Somehow they corner him. She threatens to kick him in the testicles, which apparently does nothing. Anyway, so they basically end up getting this guy. And they got to bring him down. No, Booth. She threatens to kick him on the balls, which surprises him. And then Booth and comes up from behind and then him. takes his whole body and smashes him against the wall and knocks him out. And then Brennan goes, <laughs> wow, you're strong. He's like, well, you know, I, I try to stay in, stay in shape. <laughs> this is news. Whoa, is you're news strong. To that he's a strong guy. So hot. <laughs> Um, and then she's like, he's like, uh, kick him in the testicles, eh? I think we got to work on your cop top. They definitely do. It's it. There are a lot of so funny, funny moments in this episode, actually. And the next, there's a funny one. Next one, the next well, scene is so funny. They basically, they end up having off. this guy Tom. They bring him back to the interrogation room, and it starts out with him saying, "What did you hit me with?" Brennan's like, "Oh, a building." <laughs> he hit you with a building and so they started talking to him and it turns out that this guy was a deserter and so that's why he ran because they do send fbi after deserters and he deserted from the national guard booth is like horrified by this like he may as well have killed mr ed yeah he's not loving it he basically just yeah drove straight to his parents in jersey the day he got his flyers back it was no harm no foul there was nothing like crazy about it there there are credit card receipts from gas along the way yeah his parents can vouch that he got there at a certain time yeah so like yeah i am a butcher but i'm not looking to butcher people so you're looking in the wrong place basically this is just very much a like this was so unnecessary (laughs) yes it was very cute i loved it though this guy tom i agree this whole thing is a red herring, and I don't know why it's here. It's very strange. Oh, but yeah. The, the actor guy did a great job. Up. He was so funny. Because when he finds out that Ed Milner, Mr. Ed, is dead, Tom is genuinely upset. And the way he says it, he goes, oh, man, he was a good pony. He's like, 
And it's my favorite oh, yeah. line of the he whole was a good episode. Pony. And they're like, did he you was ride a good him? Pony. And it's I like, just... oh, no, 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 no. I, I love female horses. I just, I really admired his style, you know? But like, also, I didn't realize... <laughs> Maybe I needed to go back and rewind and watch this yeah. for the sixth time. But I'm just realizing now he's saying he prefers female <laughs> ponies, but I don't remember seeing any female ponies. There are female ponies. Okay, I do. There mind. are female Thank ponies you. in there. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for looking are. into that. Yes. Well. I did. I was one of the things I, I made a point. I wanted to see if there was yeah. all men, women, et cetera. Like I didn't notice if there were any like same sex huh. ones i i, sh- I didn't I wonder to that like i'm curious back now in, this was 2007 i feel like if this episode was airing now 100 yeah, there would have been all different types of couplings yeah but back in 2007 i agree yeah that would be something we're questioning whether it was Maybe not. like that or not um okay angela sitting on the couch of her hypnotherapist who seems totally annoyed by her. Um, so she got her, her pulse down to 58 beats per minute. Go Angela. Woohoo. Um, woohoo. So woo-hoo. we're going to, we're going to get her to close her eyes. We're going to take her, get, make her take some deep cleansing breaths. And we're going to start in this hypnosis. Except, wait a minute, we got to talk to Brennan again. We're going to come back to this. Don't worry. <laughs> I know. I was making notes and I was like, here we get subjected to Angela's whole dream. Oh, no, escape, wait a but, second. Oh, no, wait a minute. Back Meanwhile, back at the lab. Also, I'll just let you know, I just saw two women as horse and oh, there we go. in one scene. So, yeah, so it was inclusive then. Yeah, of course yeah, it's true. two women. Where's the two men? That's well, what it was a know. start back then. It was the it was the beginning of something. 2007 was 16 years ago, which is insane. So what happens? Yeah. Um okay. Crazy, so Cam and Brennan are chatting. Something crazy. They they discover yes. something crazy. So once they actually wash the maggots out from the eye sockets, they realized because initially the, the assumption was just that the maggots had eaten away the eyes. But what actually happened appears to be that the killer had gouged out the eyeballs with the same knife, that they use the same uh, hoof knife. So apart from that, they also realized that Ed Milner had sperm in his urogenital tract. So it would appear, Annie Oakley said that Mm -hmm. she just rubbed down her pony, then they went to sleep. But she thinks cam and brennan agree that it would it would appear that they had sex before he died and if she's lying about them having sex before he yeah. died then what other stuff is he it, it, what other stuff is she lying about i think basically at this point they kind of they, they confirm that the butcher's alibi checked out there's there's nothing nothing further to discuss about him even though he was a great character but this would have had to be someone Mm. who was very good with a knife not afraid of blood likely a doctor annie oakley is a doctor we've figured out so things are not looking good for annie oakley right in the scene but don't worry we're gonna jump back into uh, angela's dreamscape 
So I want to talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, next. We're with Angela and her hypnotist, and I don't care about this at all. Um, Ultimately, we're subjected to this whole hypnosis vision she has of a beach and blah, blah, blah. Uh, Angela's being very defiant initially with the hypnotist and her vision ends up in being entailed of an, uh, her opening a big red door and a huge giant man-sized wasp attacking her, which makes her scream in terror. And then the hypnotist brings her out of it so that she can try to figure out what it means. Anyway, the funny part, the funniest part of this whole interaction is that when Angela (laughs) describes to the hypnotist that she saw a wasp, the hypnotist asks a white (laughs) Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Like, this lady's so out to lunch. Like, (laughs) who wrote this? Like, I'm serious. Like, this is like many jokes. We've had many jokes like like this. very, like, silly. Yeah. It's so funny to me. But they're, like, silly they're like, uh, how do I describe them? Okay. These jokes dad are jokes. like, they're like dad jokes. I don't know how to describe <laughs> them. Not even. They're more just like, it's like, uh, you yeah. have a straight man in a comedy where somebody says, oh, I just saw a wasp. It's like, oh yes. A, a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Like just, like it's a like a straight man kind of, kind of comedy. It's just very dry and like, yeah, literal. It's quite funny. I thought it was quite funny. There were a couple of things like that, like where Brennan says Giddy the up. horse joke and then Booth's and the, or no, yeah. the, the one before the bridal suite when Booth goes, I have a five-year-old son. Like just like little things like that are strewn throughout. And like Hodge like is walking around in front of him like, like their boobs. I was just like, <laughs> what is this show? It was a very old and there are a lot of old references, like Mr. Ed yeah. and my friend Flicka. Like these, these are things from the '40s and the '50s. And I'm just like, what's going on with this show? It's very like married. Um, what's the Carol Burnett? It's like a Carol Burnett show. The name sounds Carol extremely Burnett familiar. Is. I'm smiling and you nodding don't know over who here. Carol Burnett. I'm looking anyway, it up. Uh, Carol Burnett. I'm gonna tell you to go to YouTube, save a Carol Burnett, and you're gonna laugh your ass off. Oh, it is a very, yes. Funny no, show I that is. I watched every night. I watched it every night. Carol Burnett was one of my favorite, favorite, favorite comedians. And uh, it's a She's very 90. Carol Burnett kind Jeez. of humor, I feel. Good for her. She's amazing. Anyway, I thought that was the funniest thing. She saw a big wasp. Angela's really frustrated. She thinks she's going nowhere. She's so over this whole hypnosis thing. And she's like almost... Like, it's like the hypnotist wants her to come back so that Angela will just keep coming yeah. back and give her your money. He's almost. like so like irritated with her, situation. though. So in Angela's face, Angela's like, yeah, whatever. I'm not giving you my money. <laughs> like, <anymore."> screw off. <laughs> it so literally tells it. her like, no, this is not happening it. again. Like, goodbye. I like I kind of liked how Angela was. uh was she funny. Was this episode. hilarious. This was episode, funny. although still not doing her job. But that's fine. Anyway, she just no, no reason to be at she work have stayed at home. all. It's fine. So it turns out that Doctor Austin Bach, aka Annie Oakley, not only is she a doctor, she is actually an eye surgeon. And yeah, 
for some reason lucky wow. is here for this inter wow. for this interaction in the stable um booth and brennan yeah. are there annie oakley's there and lucky is there and they're kind of like do i need to call my lawyer what's yeah. going on <laughs> also there's some guy who's a litigation lawyer named sparkles like how do you take this seriously anyway booth kind of laughs about that a little bit but basically they mm. very quickly locate the hoof knife they see that there is blood on it i believe they think that this is or she at least mm. says yeah she says that Brennan's there will be threatened. blood on the blade yeah she's like i'm gonna test this and i'm gonna find blood. basically annie she does she does the right thing because annie caves and is like I left my husband for Mr. Ed. Like within seconds. I left Thor for him. I know. I was this like, is news to me. What? So she left Thor for him, left her That's husband news for to him. Me. And he was going to go back to his wife and stop being a pony. And she was like up in arms about this. She says, yeah, what was I supposed to do? Not kill him. Here's here's what you do, Annie. Yeah. Just let him go. Maybe just move on with your life. Insane. Like that's crazy. Also, the way. And I'm sorry. Saying, just I the way it. that she, mm -hmm. like in hindsight. So I went back and watched this episode. This actress did a fantastic job. Like I did not suspect her initially. Mm -hmm. Right away when I first met her, I was like, oh, maybe this she no. did, and then I was like, mm, no, she didn't. I didn't suspect her at all. No. She put on this facade, no. and then suddenly it was like, like oh yeah. yeah, I killed him oops but he was gonna leave me i also didn't believe that she killed him like i didn't feel like that turn the twist was really believable to me personally so i'm thinking like at what point during the cutting off of his yeah. feet with the tiny little hoof knife and gouging out his eyes balls did she quite ever think like yeah. oh, maybe uh no it's fine too far I'll just here. ride thor tomorrow all good <laughs> Like no one, no, no one is worth crazy. doing that. Like, no, absolutely no one is worth that. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna gouge out no. his eyes and cut off she's his like, feet. I, it's like that's crazy. Like, I no, know I said crazy. you don't call she's women crazy, but, but that's she, crazy. She stabbed him initially, <laughs> killed him, and then I think was like, oh shit, yeah, I need to give him a proper pony burial. No. Oh, but then oh shit it's insane oh my yeah. god but she's a doctor also she just dumped she's his body people and then and then buried his feet she didn't really take much care so basically she was psycho but if you're that psychotic like how do you go back the next day Jesus. how do you do that yeah and act like nothing's wrong crazy wow that's that's that to me is the worst part. Oh my god! I mean, okay, it's all bad, but like, holy shit! Right? Um, anyway. We got some good news. Back at the Moving lab. On. Turns Back out that that lab. wasp thing wasn't so crazy after all. Is I don't know if we mentioned it earlier, but she mm -hmm. remembered. She she talked to Hodgins at one point about how she remembered that she had this book. She had one photo of this guy. And she had this Polaroid photo that she was using as a bookmark on this trip. And so she just couldn't remember what book it was. So if she could just find that book, then she would find this Polaroid that had his name on it. 
And turns out the book that she was reading had a wasp on the cover. So it made her realize that hypnosis is actually real. Maybe she'll go back and see that lady. No, I don't think she actually mentioned that. But it it gave her the option. Yes. Oh, really? The book is real, by the way. It is a real book. Yes, it was published in 1966. It's called The Furies. It's by Keith Roberts. And from what I gather, after reading a little bit about um, the author, it sounds like he didn't like the book at all. From what I understand, but I might be... Okay, keep going. basically, she's saying that nuclear radiation created this giant wasp, basically. So... She finds yes. this photo inside the book. Fantastic. He uses a bookmark. And the guy's name, Beer and Bow's name, is Grayson Barasa. So now she is able to find this guy, hopefully, and she's going to divorce him. And then she wants a wedding. And it's actually quite a nice moment if they didn't start making out at the lab again. Not appropriate. Too much. Arf. Also, I hate the way they dress Angela. She's very hippie. This outfit is awful. And no, I find it very juvenile the way they have her dressed in this episode. It drives me absolutely to distraction. I I just, I can't stand the shirt she's wearing. I just think it's terrible. I'm going to bring it up and I'll show you while we, uh, well, move forward here let's talk about sex because that's what we do at the very end of the this episode booth and brennan as they like to do often they end up going to um the royal diner and they're sitting in their usual seat and they're chatting about their food mm. and then they start talking about sex and it, he starts to explain why he doesn't believe in this fetishism because he thinks that there's a difference between at least the way that he was describing is that the way he thinks of sex is he thinks of it as making love and that's different to him than two people just needing to get their rocks off basically and he does have a little combo that's actually pretty interesting and brennan buys it and is like you know what i actually totally agree with you while he's talking we see what the other squints are doing um, no surprise, uh, Hodgins and Angela are making out. Zach is examining a bone. Oh, you're totally right. That's a dress that like a grade seven would wear. That's weird. It's yeah. like a shirt, like a baby doll shirt with like sparkly bottom and a satin top. And she's wearing like a white lace like shoulder thing ruffly shirt underneath it yeah it's just awful my favorite part of this conversation is that brandon's eating a salad booth's eating a hamburger he goes how's that salad working for you and she goes you know what a lot of global health issues would be taken care of if we were all vegetarian and then booth says what about global taste issues (laughs) <laughs> I just thought that's really funny. And then she asks him if his meat is rich, sweet, super lean, and soft. 
and he oh, yeah, he's stopped like, eating because it grosses no, him you. out to think about. I don't know. Anyway, I think that if you have a good, honest, intimate relationship with your partner and you both participate in fetish, whatever kind of play you like, I think that actually is good for your relationship and intimacy. I think, I think it would so be too. If you good have one person then. who's not on the same page at all and the other person won't even entertain what they mm. like, then what's the point? Anyway, I don't agree with him. Like, I mean, I obviously, sure, if you're just hooking up with random people doing shit, maybe it's not as satisfying. Okay. But like I said, I think if you have a good partnership, good yeah. communication and good intimacy, you should be able to do as consenting adults, do whatever the fuck you want to do. And I agree. Know, feel good about it. You know what I mean? Anyway, she agrees with him. And it's all kind of weird. No. And do you think they would not would talk actually, like this? Guys like no. would talk this like is this? an indication to me, though, that okay. they have not had Thank sex you. yet. I think. Okay. Interesting. Because the way that they're Why? talking about it. Yeah, sorry. That's the end of the that's episode. That's the end of the episode, by the it... way. That's the end. Now, you need to remember <laughs> all the things we were going to well, talk about. We wanted to talk about the wife. We talked about her. Well, we talked about her. We talked about how shitty yeah. it is that they didn't have a good relationship. That was the main thing I could remember. <laughs> but I wanted to talk about. Oh, yeah. Okay. Tell me. Lab. Which is not a person who was in the lab. My favorite cart character of this episode <laughs> was the kid at the beginning who was over it when the scout leader was mad at him for not following Joey into the woods. And you know what? I went online. I went onto IMDb. The only kid that's credited is the Joey kid who found the body, but not the kid who's in the beginning. Oh. So I'm going to look him up and try to find him because I think it's my kid really lab funny. was Cam. Okay, Google. I loved her in this episode. Oh, I thought she, she was, was awesome. Down straight down to like her balking like a chicken. She was calling people out left, right, and center. Oh my god, she was great. She was a boss. She was serving. Yeah. She was mother. She was amazing. I loved her. She did so. I mean, aside from the kid in the woods at the beginning, Cam is definitely would be my choice. She's as a well. boss. She's like, she was just. She was just. She was there. She was there for the whole thing. Yeah, the only they credited Joey, the guy who's screaming, but they who's don't credit like the guy it. who hates Joey. What else were was, we going to talk? I think about? We hit off all the main topics as we were going. Oh, okay. here we go. Dave Marlin is his name. Did he like the episode? Let me look him up. Dave Marlin. No, I'm just going to say no. I. It was, it was very so weird. Strange. It was Didn't a weird episode. And it was jumping all over the place. I felt like everybody was. It was very. I felt like they may have shot certain scenes and just put yeah. them, edited them in certain to fill in the nooks and crannies. I the B plot yeah, with Angela weird. going to a hypnotist was. I've, you know what? Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe this episode, it feels like an old TV show, the way they wrote it. Like it feels like a very random show from a long time ago, from the 60s or something, 
where they would have like, oh, Angela goes to a hypnotist and all this. Yeah. Obviously, they wouldn't have the fetishism or whatever, Something. but they would have some other A plot. I just felt like elements of it yeah. were like very old timey. And the guy who wrote it, the main writer, it was born the same age so as, pretty same young. Age as Greg. So <laughs> it's just, it's strange. Yeah. These references are so old. And yeah. The jokes were old. The it's it very odd. In, very odd. And I didn't like uh Brendan and Booth were not on the same level. I didn't like Booth's sort of toxic yeah, you know, maleness and you know his his scared repressed catholic boy yeah. kind of ideas about sex. Yeah. I didn't like it. People are going to hate me if I say bad Catholic stuff all the time. We're just trying to say that there are some I'm being judgmental of Catholics. In this episode, and Booth is one of them. But it goes beyond just being prudish. He's like yeah. very judgmental. Which is not great. Yeah, that, that's, I mean, okay, be a prude, fine. Like, be weird, like, oh, mm -hmm. oh, that makes me uncomfortable. Or, like, that's this doesn't align with, like, how I think sex is or whatever. No. But you don't have to yeah. judge people. Like, there's a difference. And, like, I felt like him being in this position of power as an FBI agent, having seen some things. Like, I, that's the other thing I keep remembering. Like, he's an FBI yeah. agent. He's been through the ringer. He's seen everything. Like, yeah. why is this throwing him off? Like, it's strange to me. Like, this would well, be a big deal to him. It's very odd. Anyway, what you, did you like it? Yeah, I liked it for its humor. I thought it was pretty funny, but I thought it was too weird. It was a little weird for me. But I think also part of Booth being uncomfortable, I think he is very attracted to Brennan. So talking about sex in front of her also makes him uncomfortable. That could be part of it. Yes. But obviously not. I oh mean, my the God. whole last scene, he's thought, staring yeah, into her eyes talking about making, making love. I was like, what the fuck are you doing like, right mm. now? And she was like a little bit like, <laughs> okay. So whatever, buddy. I give it a B minus. B minus. Wow, that's even more generous than me. All I know is that I'm really looking forward to the next episode. I'm Same. so excited about so this. So excited. I'm so glad this is over, and I hope that from now on we get more episodes like the next one. I think there will be. And I hope all of our listeners are as excited about it as we are. And I'm glad that you came with us on this particular journey, having to suffer through, especially the last two episodes. And I'm sorry we all had to do it together, but I'm glad <laughs> we were there for each other. I appreciate it. On that note, if you have nothing else to say, my friend... Let us bid adieu to our listeners. Oh, also check us out on Instagram under Squintcast. We're also on Facebook, Squintcast of Bones Podcast. Subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Give it a try. Don't be shy. Uh, any kind of reviews you want to give us that are like five stars would be preferable. You can save the one star reviews for like guys like Joe Rogan and stuff. You can give us the five <laughs> stars, okay? Because I'm not getting million dollar contracts with Spotify, guys. Give me five stars or, you know, get out of town. That's what I say. Anyway. <laughs> on that note, thanks for being with us today on this episode of Squidcast. See it. you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Squintcast with me, Kelly Booth, and my and your new friend, 
Brittany Elsner. The Bones theme is performed by The Crystal Method. They can be found on Instagram and YouTube at The Crystal Method and at thecrystalmethod.com. Intro and outro music is by Twisterium at Pixabay. Cover art was done by Irena Dolence Stajan. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Squintcast. Email us at squintcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at fab underscore empire underscore on Instagram and TikTok. Brittany is at Brittany81523 on Instagram. See you next time. Hodgins! <laughs>